this great day when we um, celebrate Casey coming amongst us. And um, I remember when Ivan first came over to England, it was like giving birth to a very difficult child. It was a difficult birth, you know? Very difficult birth. Oh, she must really love you, Ivan. <laughs> Let's hope it remains. And Casey, God is really good. You know, problems, and God brought them through it. We have this wonderful child amongst us, Casey, who we've sort of brought to the Lord today and say, Lord, fill her with you. And um, we live in a funny sort of world, don't we, when um, the whole concept of Christianity has a very low key, and um, even our presenters and television our main media, if you like, gives us the impression that actually Christianity and God have, have no value in our life, or very little value. If it, if it does you good, then do it, then believe in it. You know, if it doesn't, then and it's just a crutch anyway, something to give you support in life. But as a church, we, we believe that it's absolutely foundational to the whole of humanity and each individual person. And um, God's truth for us is very valuable today as it has been, and we can depend on it today and for eternity. And so, I mean, what's ha- actually happening this morning? Well, as, as a little church here, we've been going through a series, um, which is from a book in the Bible called Genesis. It's actually the first book, uh, not surprisingly so, because it's actually dealing about beginnings. And, and so we're actually looking to, to God and trying to understand what he said and did in the beginning. So we've been going back to that time and having a look at it. And we're sort of about in the third series of that. And, and I, it might be difficult for some visitors this morning to actually come into where we are, but we're try, I'll try and do my best and help you understand where, where we are. And so we actually began right at the beginning. And the Bible tells us in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And so there's our immediate problem because we've been brought up in a society where... The key thing to remember that is we, were, we came as a result of evolution. But um, we learnt from biblical teaching that in actual fact evolution just is only a theory still. It's not been proven. And it actually takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to actually believe what the Bible says. And just believe it for its fundamental truth and reality that God was in the beginning. So that was our first one. And that we have we're actually brought into this world. And first and foremost, our relationship is with God who actually created us. He actually created us. And that we were actually created in God's image. That's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And I, I spoke on the next one and um, I took the example that when we're actually in a car driving on the road, if we could hear all the curses and the angry words that people say about other drivers, we'd be, uh, we'd be shocked because, uh, in actual fact, one of the writers in the Bible says that we're all created in the Im- image of God. So uh, when we, we throw a curse or something out the window, we say, you silly idiot, and stuff like that, we're actually saying that about someone who's created in the image of God. So we looked at that. And today is actually the third in our series. And we try and keep it as simple as possible. 
We're going to read what the story is for today. If you've got a Bible, it's in Genesis 3, and it tells us exactly what we're going to look at this morning. Genesis 3. Will it be up on our screen or not today? No, I'm not on the screen today. It's in verse 1. Now, the story that I'm going to read about this morning is actually something which probably most of us in this room have heard about, and it's called the time when sin entered the world, or, uh, you know, you remember the Garden of Eden, you've probably heard of two trees, you've probably heard of the serpent, you've probably heard of um, uh, the fact that two people disobeyed God, you've probably heard the fact that uh, God was there and he spoke to them, you've probably heard that they were naked. If anybody remembers anything, they'll probably remember that anyway. But, um, yeah... But it doesn't actually mean they had no clothes on, really, in the end. It means that they were very vulnerable. They felt vulnerable when God came to them, ultimately, because they felt a sense of need before God. So, this is the story we're going to read about. And it begins with actually someone we know has an effect on this world but we don't always own up to it sometimes, of what effect he's actually had on this world. And it's Satan. And in the story, he's presented to us as coming as a serpent. And um, we live in a world which knows good and evil. And um, we're actually open to both of these things. But in this story, we actually confronted with where all this mess began. If I was to ask you this morning, what would be your ideal world? And I'd probably get some different answers from you. That's the world I'd really like to live in. No work, maybe. Holidays all the time. No fighting and squabbling. No murders, no killings. And that's, in fact, a perfect world. I think that's what we would sort of have a consensus in the end. We'd really like to live in a perfect world, wouldn't we? I would, anyway. But God did actually create that perfect world. Now it's spoilt. And this morning we're just going to read the story of how that spoiling began. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you won't die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, She took off its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband. doesn't say to Adam. She gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths, or they made themselves their own covering as they felt very vulnerable before God, having actually gone against what he said. So we looked at creation. 
someone in a catching mood this morning. Someone here. We're not here to play ball. Can I have it back, please? Where God created the heaven and the earth. Nice ring, Bethany. Hmm. <laughs> when God created the heavens and the earth, he spoke and it came into being. You say, I'm not going to swallow that. What's holding that globe up there but a piece of string? And if I cut the string, it wouldn't stay there. You know, this sphere on which we live is an amazing thing which God did. I can't make it stay there. Even if I span it fast enough, it wouldn't stay there. What's holding it there? It's a law. What is a law? Where did that come from? And it's amazing... We might be able to explain it by science, but in the end, something's holding it there. Who gave the law? It's okay, we could say, yeah, um, all those stars and, uh, and all these other planets are out there, but what actually keeps them in the same orbit, in the same time, doing the same thing, year after year after year? There's something more wonderful about our world than it just came, it just happened or by a big bang. So in creation we looked at the awesome power of God. But you see, God spoke it. By the words that he spoke, it came into being. If those words were so powerful in bringing about creation, why were they not so powerful when God said, don't touch that tree? The word that God spoke was more powerful than we could ever understand. And today, it is exactly the same. What we have in our Bibles, it is the power of authority for the whole of life and eternity. That's why the Word of God is so important. That's why the things that God said are so important. Because they're powerful words. If he spoke the creation into being, and then he said to Adam and Eve, don't touch that over there or else. His word was still as powerful. And so for us today, what we're saying is, you know, actually, when God says something, it's so important for us as we live our lives. Why don't we take notice of it? It's still as powerful as that. That's what creation. But we know the story. We've read the story, the fact that they did actually choose not to believe what God said. And that's what our world is about today, choosing not to believe what God says. And that's why, as Christians, as believers, we're actually, could I encourage you, actually, to think how your life and your future could be if we actually listened to what God said. That's why we prayed for Casey this morning, prayed that Ivan would bring her up to hear what God says, because it's the most important thing. Now, something happened. Now, Adam and Eve was just not a naughty girl. She didn't get her wrists slapped. Something awful happened when they chose not to believe what God said. All right, we put it in the context of the computer world. When you enter the world of cyberspace, you meet cybercrime, You meet cyber detectives, you meet virtual reality, cyber pets. But when you get to the level of security, 
This is where you're introduced to cyber frustration and cyber death. Or snap. Have you ever had that on your computer? No? You must have a very good computer. Hands up if you've actually had this on your computer. You've lost connection. No? Oh, I'm pretty unique here this morning, aren't I? You're just not owning up to it, are you? You can't handle your computer properly. Well, this comes up on my computer, on Google. If you lose connection, it's lost. It puts us this snap. It's broken in two. The connection has been lost. It's the same thing in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve chose not to believe what God said, it created a disconnection that couldn't be reconnected. Now we go to the world of the child. I was brought up to sing a nursery rhyme, and it's called Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. But then it goes on to say, all the king's horses, all of the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. He was irreparable. He was damaged beyond repair. Not even the might of the army could put Humpty back together again. Irreparable damage had been caused to Humpty. I did get paid this week sometime. Someone paid me with a 50 quid note. I don't often get those. But <laughs> something of value I've just torn apart. But when it comes to what happened in the Garden of Eden, it was something of immeasurable value that was torn apart. When a marriage breaks up, it's something of immeasurable value which has been torn apart. It began here in the Garden. The Bible, well, we as Christians call this what happened in the Garden of Eden, the fall. It's not just people being naughty people. It was the time when man fell from God's favour and created separation. That's why the world is in a mess today. Because the Bible tells us that by one man, sin entered the world. By one man. And that was Adam and Eve. It says one man because they were seen as together. As two responsible people joined together by what John reminded us last week when he's talking about marriage. The two shall become one flesh. The two shall become both of them together together. 
chose not to listen to what God said. This is just a pictorial way of showing it, that here is man and here is God, and we cannot get from one side to the other. It's irreparable. So I'm just going to put something on here, three ways by which we try to bridge this gap. The first one is effort. Well, I try my best. I haven't murdered anybody, ever. And in the end, I, I, I don't think God loved me for that. You know, I don't think... Um, and I really try hard, you know. I, um, but um, the Bible actually tells us we can't bridge that gap with effort. The second one is reason. And that's another way we try to bridge the gap. By our intellectualism, trying to work it out that God, who's, who's loving, could, ne- could never make it like this, that we should, it should be impossible to get back to him. God of love wouldn't do that sort of thing. And so we try and reason it out in our minds. There must be a better way. There must be a better way. But reason can leave us frustrated because we'll be constantly asking the question, have I done good? Have I, have I done enough? I, I, try, I try and make sure... I'll go to church at Christmas. Oh, maybe Easter. I'll I come to the dedication. Sarah and Ivan's dedication of Casey. Maybe that'll do it good. Oh, God, look at me. I'm not against you, but... Um, I just go to church, just to make sure I'm not left out. It's a reason. And there's another one, worship. Worship, we've been worshipping this morning. But anybody can worship God, in a sense. We can go away on holiday, we can enjoy the beauties of creation, we can enjoy... Our lives, we can enjoy our families, we can enjoy lots and lots and lots and lots of things, but in the end, worship actually doesn't do it. So, what are we going to put in this gap? You will know what I'm going to put in this gap, don't you? is actually based on an old picture that's been around for years in churches and Christian communities. We've been singing about Jesus this morning and thanking him for his love and for his goodness. But actually the only way that this, this gap is bridged is through what Jesus has done for us. His death and resurrection. And um, it just bridges that gap so that God has made a way back to himself through Jesus. He said, I don't understand it all. No, we don't understand it all. But this morning I would just say to you, if you've never sort of come to this point of realising that it's actually Jesus who's made the way back possible, to give our lives to him, to follow him, 
you know, then that's absolutely remarkable. That's the best thing. Because in actual fact, we don't have to sit around and say, oh, I hope I've done enough. I hope, I wonder, is there something else I've got to do? Um, and we might think hard enough. And why is that? Because Jesus died for us. He gave his life for us. He suffered the punishment, if you like, and he actually dealt with this relationship between God and when we come to God through Jesus Christ, it actually makes that relationship good. That relationship was lost there in the Garden of Eden has been made good by Jesus himself. So that's why Christians say about trusting Jesus and actually being born again, if you like, is another phrase of, it's a way of describing how you become a Christian. It's a way of following him because it's the way that God provided, you see. It's not been provided by us or any, anybody with any money or anybody with any skill. It's been actually provided through, by Jesus. And that's the wonder of it. So this morning, we've been looking at what the Bible calls the fall. It's actually this irreparable separation between God and man that we can't bridge ourselves the value that's been torn apart by one man's sin. And that's why our world's like it is today, because this relationship has been torn apart. It's actually irreparable. Jesus uses the word, he said there's a great chasm between God and man, and you can't come from there to here, and someone from here can't go over to there. That's another story that Jesus told, but it's interesting that the word that he uses there is a medical term for a wound that never heals. A wound that can be never healed. And that's what this fall is all about. This gap, this separation, this distance that cannot be bridged only by Jesus. And that's, that's why we worship Jesus this morning. Because he's full of love, He's full of understanding. And someone here this morning just might be saying, well, there was that I did so many years ago and I can't forgive myself for it. Or something I've been up to my life and I just can't get out of it. Something that I feel is keeping me away from God that he would never accept me. That's nonsense. Because, you see, the same one that came to Adam and Eve and told them not to believe in God is the same one who's saying to us this morning, Nah, God has nothing to offer you. What you've done is irreparable. You, you could never come back to God. You could never be accepted by God. But I want to tell you this morning, God loves you. Each one of you, God so loves you that he wants you to come back to him through Jesus Christ. And I want to say with boldness, but on the authority of the Bible, there's no other way. Not my words. These are the words of the God who said, let the earth come into being. By the power of his word, he wants to speak forgiveness to each one of us today. He wants to speak love and understanding. He's a great God because he understands us better than we understand ourselves. He loves us. 
We're going to uh, finish with a song um, now. It's a little bit of a long song, but um, it talks out about actually making that decision. It comes to the point of actually wanting to be right with God. There's an old Negro spiritual who said, get right with God, do it now. And it's a tre- tremendous opportunity to do it this morning if you feel that God's actually touching you in a way that you say, I, I want to do it now. I've been putting it off so long. I've heard little bits and pieces here and there, but I actually want to do something about it today. Well, as you sing this song, there will be an opportunity for you to do that. And I will actually finish with that after we've sung the song. Okay, Steve, thank you. Thank you for listening.